Welcome back to Peer as a Seed podcast. I am Milagros, the 2022-2023 National Peer as a Seed Vice President of Events and Fundraising. For today's student stories, we'll be discussing what it's like to host a district conference. With us today is Kinsey Hunt. Kinsey is a recent graduate from the University of South Carolina, and last year she served as a conference coordinator for her chapter's district conference. Their conference was held in a hybrid format and was very successful. Hi, Kinsey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, me too. And you graduated last semester. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thanks so much. Yeah, I graduated from the University of South Carolina. This summer has been a whirlwind to say the least, but has been so enriching. Um, right after I graduated, I started an internship with Weber Shanwick Seattle. And so I've been working um, on that the entire summer and actually secured that internship through connections I made at PRSSA. So can't shout out PRSSA and Weber Shanwick enough for, for an amazing summer. Yeah, that's awesome. And definitely like connections are key. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, why did you initially get involved with PRSSA? I initially got involved because I just wanted to meet people in my major. Um, at my university, you couldn't take a public relations specific class your first semester, and I really wanted to dive in as soon as I could. So um, I started up with PRSSA, and, and the rest is kind of history from there. I went on to be on the executive board um, for pretty much the rest of my college tenure, and here we are today. <laughs> yeah, and well, during your time at PRSSA, your chapter hosted a district conference. So I wanted to ask you, like, what motivated your chapter to apply to host a 2022 district conference? Yeah, um, it's actually a funny story that's closely related to why I got involved with PRSSA. Um, it's It kind of was a passion project for um, my faculty advisor, Kelly Davis, APR, and I from like 2020 on to when it actually happened in 2022, I had the opportunity to visit Boston University for their district conference right before COVID um, hit the United States in early 2020. And I had the opportunity to, to speak with their district conference coordinator at the time, Rebecca Owen about her experience, you know, hosting a conference and what everything, the planning process was like, just anything you could think of about a district conference. And I came back to South Carolina with this mentality. I was like, I want to bring one of those to Columbia and South Carolina. And so I talked to my um, advisor about that. And it turned out that she had also been wanting to have one in Columbia for some time and just hadn't had um, you know, a, a big enough chapter to, to pull it off. So that's kind of how we decided. And we started with the framework to make that happen like a year in advance. And then when we secured the bid, it just made sense for, for me to continue being the conference coordinator. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And well, like you were the conference coordinator for your district uh, conference. So what were your main tasks as conference coordinator? Yeah, um, so I was on the executive board for my chapter in addition to being a conference coordinator. And so I think that my tasks as conference coordinator 
closely aligned with what I did as the vice president of programming that year. And so it was a lot of um, managerial and leadership tasks, I would say, just on, on behalf of our committee. So if you're interested in that, definitely recommend. But it was also um, being a liaison and kind of being the front facing person for your conference. So whether that was between like being the liaison between our planning committee and our executive board for our chapter or for being the liaison between our chapter and the national board or being the, con the point of contact between other chapters that we were inviting to our conference and between our speakers that we were inviting to our conference. So it's definitely a lot of logistics in that sense, but it's also a great chance to practice public speaking, to practice networking. Um, those were some of my main tasks, but I also supported because a couple of our conference committee members graduated um, before the conference actually happened. So I also was supporting with their positions as well. Mm, yeah, and I totally agree with you. Like being a conference coordinator is um, like so great for learning leadership skills and being able to sort of um, conduct or lead a team. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely um, a good way to practice event management as well. I'll have to yeah. say like being being a leader of an event puts you into a position in a leadership position that you definitely wouldn't be able to experience unless you were a conference coordinator, even if you were you know part of your um, chapter's executive board. Yeah, totally. And what were the other positions on your conference committee? Yeah, we were a lean and small but mighty team just because it was our first time hosting um, at our university ever so it was myself and five others we had a director of logistics a director of finance of social media of hospitality and of special activities and then two of those um, lovely humans actually graduated um, before the conference took place so we became even smaller from there mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were saying, like uh, having a team is essential, like for, for helping each other and uh, that, like being there for one another, because one alone can't host a conference, <laughs> a team <laughs> is required. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really important to really lean into your team's strengths. I would definitely say that, you know, while we all have these titles, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that any of us were just siloed to only do what their position says it was a lot of you know putting in the teamwork and and getting the the hands where they were needed and definitely have to shout out my executive board as well because I don't think that it's also it's just the purpose of the conference committee it's also you know a, a teamwork effort between your whole chapter and the conference committee while the conference committee leads the front on everything definitely have to you know put credit where credit is due we definitely had some support from our executive board and from our chapter members as well. Yeah, totally. Well, your chapter sister conference was named Eyes on the Prize, a name I love. <laughs> but mm -hmm. can you tell us like a little bit more about this theme and how you chose it? Yeah, so the name Eyes on the Prize, well, obviously we wanted to have kind of a play on words with PR somewhere in it. And we got that in with the prize, but the name itself came from our overarching theme, which was goal setting and achieving goals. Um, when we were thinking about what 
we wanted to, our conference to look like. We really wanted to hone in on the fact that communications is a goal-oriented industry, whether that's for our clients or internally. And we also wanted our sessions at our conference to be centered around actionable advice that could help our attendees reach their goals of being successful in the industry. And so that's where our name came from. But the way that we honed in on these specific industries that we talked about um, within that kind of theme was we wanted to play into the strengths of our area, our, our region, um, broadly from North Carolina down to Georgia. And so when we were looking at the overarching re, um, industries that were prevalent in those regions, we really saw um, a hub for finance in Charlotte, North Carolina, and government affairs in Columbia, where we were located, because it's the capital city of South Carolina. And then nonprofits everywhere from Atlanta all the way up to Charlotte, um, which are two major metropolitan areas that we sit about almost directly in between. And so when we figured out that those three things were kind of the strengths of our region, we knew that that's what we wanted to focus on because not only would it give us a chance to expand our, our speakers that we were pulling from beyond the Columbia area, but it would also give our attendees a chance to get to know more than just where we're located. Yeah, yeah. Last year when I heard about your conference, I was so amazed by your theme. Like, I think it's it's so creative and original. I, I love it. Thank you so much. Yes, our our logo was also a passion project between my myself and our faculty advisor. So, but all of the creative genius definitely came from our director of social media. <laughs> <laughs> and well, where did the conference take place? It took place on campus at our university. So our university is very um, unique in that it sits in downtown, almost downtown um, at, in the city that we're located in. It's within walking distance of the state house, which is where like the state Congress meets, et cetera. And so we really wanted to make sure that we were staying true to our roots in Columbia. And it was also quite frankly, cost-effective to have our conference directly on campus. But since it was a hybrid conference, um, we also had a virtual component that took place over Zoom. Yeah. And well, district conferences have different sessions and different speakers. So I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite speaker from the conference? Oh, um, putting me on the spot here. Um, my, okay, well, before I say my favorite, I'll definitely have to say, the week of our conference um, was the end of February 2022. And so it was also the same week that the Russian army invaded Ukraine. It was the same week that now Justice, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson was nominated to the United States Supreme Court and became the first Black woman to ever be nominated as a Supreme Court justice. So there were a lot of things happening in the world that week that directly impacted the industries that our speakers were within. And so because of that and, and nothing else, I will have to say that my favorite speaker was our opening keynote on Saturday morning, Amanda Fenney, who at the time was the chief of staff in the White House press office and special assistant to the press secretary, Jen Psaki. And just being able to hear firsthand accounts of, of what it was like to be a communications professional in the you know most famous house in the United States at such a volatile but also congratulatory time 
in U.S. history was fantastic and to, to hear what her advice was to get into government affairs was also amazing. Yeah, totally. Sounds really interesting. And uh, well, one of my favorite things from the different conferences are networking opportunities. So I wanted to ask you like a little bit more about those opportunities or networking sessions your conference had. Yeah, uh, we kind of took a, a tiered approach to networking. So on our, our conference took place over two days, but it was largely most of our programming happened on a Saturday. The Friday before our Saturday, our Saturday programming started, we had an opening keynote, some entertainment, and you know hors d'oeuvres and then um, just an opportunity for our attendees to to get to know each other and so that one was more peer-to-peer -peer networking and an opportunity for students to meet other students which i cannot shout out enough because you know in five years from now all of those people who you met at district conferences students are now out in the world and, and doing communications for a number of different industries and, and you never know what those connections are, are going to lead to five years down the road. Um, so that's what we had on Friday night. And then on Saturday, just because of how many speakers that we had and, and how many that we wanted to show um, during the day, we had our networking built in between sessions instead of one networking hour at the end. Um, and that was just to be con cognizant of our speaker's time as well, um, traveling down to Columbia to speak. So between each session and between our breakouts, we had a buffer time that would allow us to be a little bit more lenient in getting started and, and ending with our session so that anyone who you know, went to a session and wanted to introduce themselves to a speaker had the opportunity to do that. And we also made sure that we were sharing contact information for all of our speakers with all of our attendees. Um, and our speakers were more than willing to, you know, talk to our attendees after the fact as well. So elongating that networking time outside of our conference was also um, a great asset to have that, that didn't require too much time. Yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. And I love what you were saying about peer-to-peer -peer networking and how maybe the person you meet at a conference might be your, like your, your teammate, or you might work with them in the future. So yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm evidence of that. I made connections through PRFSA. Um, and, you know, two years into my time in PRSSA, I, I went to a mutual connection who used to be on the executive board when she was an undergrad. And I asked her, you know, like, are do you know anyone who's sitting in the social impact space and i'm really interested in doing social impact communications and you know sure enough she had a connection through prssa that i was able to to meet and now he's my manager so uh -huh. yeah definitely that peer-to-peer -peer networking is invaluable even if you don't think that it's super important while you're still in college because it won't help you get an internship while you're in college it definitely, definitely helps once you're out into the working world. Yeah, totally. And your experience is awesome. <laughs> um, Thanks. Then another great initiative at district conferences are the ones related to DNI. Uh, can you talk about your conferences, diversity and inclusion initiatives? Yeah. Um, 
One thing about Eyes on the Prize is that we wanted our conference to be accessible to anyone, no matter the circumstances. And that is how we framed our DEI initiatives. And so um, one of the first ones that we knew that we wanted to follow through with was to record all of our sessions um, and then subtitle them and offer them to anyone who um, identifies as deaf or hard of hearing. Um, but we also wanted to record them for a separate initiative, which was to offer them for a discounted price. Um, we understand there are their cost um, barriers to entry at a district conference. And so by recording our sessions and offering them for a discounted price later, um, and I think that also our chapters um, blanking on the wording here, my our our chapter also offered to sponsor um, attendees um, that couldn't pay for it, who were also um, students at the University of South Carolina. So those were two that kind of directly tied to recording our recordings. But we also um, both in person and virtually asked attendees to add their pronouns to their name tags. So that was a physical name tag in person but on zoom we asked them to alter their display name on zoom that comes up in the in the bottom left hand corner um when you're on zoom to also have their pronouns yeah yeah i love that and i feel like there are so many things um chapters can do at conferences to help with diversity and inclusion and maybe there are like big things like for example adding your pronouns at the zoom meetings takes two seconds, but it may be so helpful and other people might really appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's um, definitely a great point. And I, you know, it's not meant to feel like a big burden to, to include DEI. It's, it's just an important thing to um, incorporate into your daily practices. And so part of the reason that we chose the ones that we did were because we were already in, in the trenches and, and doing those things for our chapter so we were already recording our chapter meetings and offering them to students who had class or work or couldn't make it for whatever reason um we were already putting pronouns into our zoom um, name so it was a very easy transition and one that makes a big difference um even if you don't think it does in the moment yeah totally and then I wanted to talk a little bit more about takeaways from hosting a district conference. So what lessons and skills did you learn from hosting a district conference? Yeah, well, I was an event management minor in college. So first and foremost, it was a chance to put the skills that I learned in all of my event management classes to the test. But one thing that I definitely learned from hosting a district conference that I did not learn in my classes is that you need a backup plan to your backup plan. Um, because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. We thought we had planned for a COVID contingency. We thought we'd planned for, um, you know, what happens if one of our speakers has COVID, et cetera. Um, we'd never in a million years did we think that one thing that would possibly affect whether or not our speakers could actually come to our conference was, you know, something happening on the other side of the world in Europe. But mm -hmm. that was the state of it. So definitely having that backup plan. So if your your speakers need to shift to be virtual or if you need to source a completely new speaker 24 hours before the conference, 
that you have the ability to do so and your team knows what to do in that situation. Um, so that's one thing. I also, you know, just can't say enough that you should lean into your teams and their strengths because your conference committee all have different strengths and that's why they're in the positions that they're in. And those strengths can transfer over into other things. So, you know, your director of hospitality, yes, they're in charge of making attendees feel more welcome to the city and feeling welcome to your venue, et cetera. But they're also great at talking to people. So they might also be the greeters at the door um, at on conference day and, and things like that. So playing into your team's strengths, I would say, is one thing that I would take to any other team, not just for a district conference. Yeah, yeah, I loved your answer. And you're going to highlight the, the, to highlight the fact that uh, organizing an event is hard. And even like if you feel like you have everything under control, there, there might be things that you aren't even considering, but it's impossible to have everything under control when organizing an event. So, so yeah, we have to keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, there are some things that you just can't control. And so the, mm -hmm. the biggest thing is to just be confident in yourself and be confident in the, the conference that you have planned and be confident that your team is going to be okay with dealing with those, you know, last minute things that come up. Um, yeah, I think being confident is, is just as important as having a backup plan for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when you have a, a strong team, no matter what happens, you can like sort of find a solution and, and everything will be great. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, what do you think are the biggest benefits of hosting a district conference? Yeah, there are two that kind of stick out to me and they might be obvious, but one is getting your chapter's name out there because when you um, are hosting a district conference, you have the opportunity to um, market your conference or network with other people who are at the national conference um, that happens in the fall every year. You also get the opportunity to market your conference with, on a national level within progressions. You get, uh, I think, a social post as well from the national board. Um, you also get to put your chapter's name out there with potential speakers. I, it's crazy how much just saying, hi, I'm from, I'm from PRSSA. I would love to talk to you about possibly speaking at this event goes such a long way. There were a couple of our speakers um, that we talked to about possibly speaking at our event who just saying that we were from PRSSA made them instantly interested. So it's a chance to get your, your um, chapter's name out there for sure. And also it's a great way to fundraise for your chapter. That one's probably obvious, but the influx of funds that a district conference can bring um, definitely can help your chapter for years to come after the conference. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I love what you were saying about getting your chapter's name out there. Um, since hosting a district conference enables chapter members to connect with so many other people, not only from PRSSA, but with professionals and other students from different universities and even different countries. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this podcast is case in point. Like we are discussing from two different continents. And we never would have been able to do that without a PRSSA district conference. So, you know, I think that it just 
goes into other things too. So, you know, getting your chapter's name out there for a district conference is gonna get your chapter's name out there for more than just a district conference in the future. So it's it's kind of a gift that keeps on giving in a sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then from the attendee's point of view, what do you think are the biggest benefits of attending a district conference? Yeah, um, I can answer this one from the point of view of actually having attended a district conference back in, in 2020. So I'll, I'll answer it from that mm -hmm. perspective. Um, when I was an attendee at Boston University's PRSSA conference, the biggest takeaway for me was networking with peers. And I know that I've, I've said that like two times already as we've been talking, but um, you seriously can't say enough how important it is to network with your peers, not only at your university, but the opportunity for a district conference to network with peers from your region and possibly outside of your region as well. Um, we had attendees come for all the way from West Virginia, all the way down to Florida to our district conference. And so I would say that one of the biggest benefits of attending is networking, but it's also networking with your peers. And then, you know, the second benefit is that you get to walk away after spending like one, maybe one and a half days of going into sessions with some of the best professionals in the industry, you get to walk away with not only connections, but some actionable advice that you can take into developing your career for however long you still have in college. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. And I love when I attend conferences, like I love taking my notebook and taking notes. <laughs> you, you can learn like so much from attending a district conference or any conference, um, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's like, a, uh, that's a whole different podcast episode, but I could talk for days about, you know, <laughs> what's in my, what's in my district conference bag. And number one is pencil and paper for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give to future district conference hosts? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I would say the early, earlier you start, the better. Um, and that goes for both the application process and once you've received the bid. So the more that you can spend, the more time you can spend with your committee up front during the application process to really build out that framework for yourselves to to actually go forth and plan the conference once you receive a bid it will save you so much time so we spent a lot of time um answering the tough questions and making a budget and brainstorming topics that we wanted to include for our conference all in the upfront stages before we even had a bid so then once we received the bid um, for a conference all we had to do was just start implementing the stuff that we had already planned to do. So definitely would say be proactive, but also, you know, speakers are busy and the timing of conferences happen, you know, when you're planning it around the end of the year, start of the next year. And so getting your name in the hat with speakers as early as you can, I would say for any host is going to be beneficial. Um, something we ran into was that a lot of the speakers we we were reaching out to at first, they they were very willing to talk to us about speaking at our event, but it was let's chat in the new year because they didn't know what their schedules would look like for January or it might have already been full in January and February. So definitely getting those interest meetings in 
as soon as you possibly can um, and be confident. Just be confident in what you've built and confident in your abilities to lead and confident in your team's abilities to do their jobs. Um, confidence goes a long way. And at the end of the day, that's what attendees are looking for. They, they're looking for a conference that was put on well and it looks like it was put on well if the people leading it are confident about what they've done. Yeah, yeah, totally. And great advice. Like confidence and productivity are key. For sure. Um, there's a saying that I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but I've heard it so many times at my university. And it's just, you can say anything confidently and someone will believe you. So I'm not saying to say something wrong. Definitely use all the right information, but confidence makes you more qualified in, in our industry for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, that ends our interview. Thank you so much, Kinsey. I've loved talking to you and learning more about your amazing conference. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Kinsey, for sharing with us your experience of hosting a district conference, and thank you to our listeners. If you have any questions related to hosting a district conference, feel free to reach out to PRSSA via social media or email me at bpevents at prsa.org. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming soon. Mm -hmm.